listening to Radio Owl's Nest. The songs of Martin Page, all day, all night, forever. So grab a cup of tea, settle down with us in the Owl's Nest. Forever, you poor souls, you poor sods. Uh, I'm back, Mr. Page, uh, head owlhead here with episode 16. All my misfits, all my uh, odds and sods, all my orphans, all my demos. This is a songwriter's podcast. Songwriter's uh, legacy for hundreds and hundreds of years, it seems. Yes, it's a retro show. I'll be playing you from my suitcase, from my vault. All sorts of paraphernalia. Bits and pieces, some new things, some experiments, and a lot of demos. You can hear in the background there a track building up... um, Last year, when I was uh, writing with Brian Fairweather and Trevor Thornton, Q-Phil. Yes, Q-Phil were getting together and then the virus struck and we all had to separate and scamper back into our houses. Uh, but in between that time, we wrote a song called Spooks. And I couldn't resist playing that to you to start the show off because it just seems the right track. Vital and spooky. Here's Spooks. Never knew my wife would walk out 
plays drums behind Martin Page and Q-Phil. And let me tell you, it sucks. The hours are long and the pay is lousy. But anyway, you're listening to Radio Owl's Nest with Martin Page. Good luck. Thank you, Trevor Thornton. Uh, yes, we all came together uh, last year, seems like uh, forever, uh, a long time ago, and we started to write some tracks together. That was Spooks. It's not finished, we are working on it, but I just wanted to play it again to get my blood running. And hopefully, not too long in the future, we'll put out a Q-Fill record. That would be nice! Well, I think it's time to open, yes... Now you've guessed it, uh, needs a bit of oil, so let's try it just uh, one more time together. Yes, we're going to go into... <laughs> Thank you, Igor. Igor's still with me, yes, uh, from last year, season one, into season two. Uh, it seems that I feed him enough and he's hung around. So, uh, in the vault we are. And we're going to go back to 1990. I wrote a song with the great Paul Young. We were writing songs for a solo album of his called Other Voices. And we came up with a quick demo. We didn't finish it, which is a great shame because I think it had great potential. This is a song called I'm Not Hearing You. Totally jammed on the spot. We did it like literally in about 20 minutes just to get something going. Unfortunately, then he had to get on his motorbike. He's Harley Davidson, drive back to his hotel, then go into an airplane, drive back to London, and we didn't finish the song. But here's the demo of... I'm not hearing you. Thank you. 
Egypt in a strange land But it's dark and I feel my life's blood flowing away would have loved to have had uh, more time a chance to flush that idea out um pretty amazing though that really we did that in about 30 minutes and we thought well we're on to something but we have to get together again but uh him being the rock star he was he was gone left the country and never spoke to me again no we became good friends and uh working with paul uh, I've, I've said many times was a delight we seemed to hit it off years and years and years before we got together i was watching paul play in london singing for his band the q-tips i remember sitting at the venue in london with my partner brian fedweather and we were looking at him at paul and saying that may be our new lead singer he's amazing but he did the right thing and just kept well away from us <laughs> and had a successful solo career. Listening back at that demo, you can hear in that short time we had together that Paul would hear harmonies straight away. Very Marvin Gaye falsetto harmonies that uh, uh, point to what might have happened in this song. Anyway, uh, that's a demo from 1990 from my vault called I'm Not Hearing You. The universe is a very strange place, full of mysteries and odd possibilities that, while scientists ceaselessly try to figure them out, 
may remain complete unknowns forever. I'd like to play you now uh, a new track. Um, it's a song called Samatva, inspired by the works of Gandhi, and it's going to be on my instrumental, forthcoming instrumental album, my second instrumental album called The Occupation of Hope.
That's a new instrumental track of mine called Samatva. And that will be featured on a forthcoming instrumental album called The Occupation of Hope. For any of you out there wondering what Samatva means, it means equanimity, even-mindedness and uh, equal consideration for all human beings. That's Samatva. Well, if you uh, heard the first show of the new year, you heard a brand new segment that we uh, brought in and it's been a huge, huge success. Yes, um, Bootsy, the cat and mascot of Ironing Board Records, has become um, a kind of Dear Abby. A kind of Dear Abby. A black, fluffy Dear Abby. Now, you probably have learnt that Bootsy is incredibly in demand for his wisdom. People are writing from all over the world to find out what Bootsy really thinks about life. Now, after doing one episode, he said, that's it, that's it, I won't do any more. This is uh, very special, what I offer you. But we did say, please, please, for humanity. And then we offered him some more juicy Friskies soup. And he said, I'm up for it, I'm up for it. So, the wisdom of Bootsy will take place yet again here on episode 16. Today's question comes from Lucy Cadillac from South Carolina. Bootsy! Bootsy, I know you can help me. I want to know why my hair is so frizzy every morning I go down to the lake. Sir Isaac Newton wrote, Truth is ever to be found in simplicity and not in the multiplicity and complexity of things. Or is that the catnip speaking? <laughs> I don't get the wisdom of Bootsy. No, I don't get that. I don't get that at all. Thank you, Lucy Cadillac of South Carolina. Bootsy will be back next week, we hope, to answer all your profound questions about life. Okay, okay, I'll be there in a minute. Somehow, this seems the perfect time to play uh, a song that's on two of my albums. It's on an album called Hotel of the Two Worlds, and it's on an album of mine called The Slender Sadness, which is a compilation of all my love songs. And this is a song called All for the Love of You. Okay, let's try it again. Okay. One, two. Mm. One, two, Sell my soul, oh, 
song called all for the love of you um i basically wrote it at a time i was learning all the blues guitar and all the jazz licks and all the strange chords on the guitar and it made me think of ray davis and uh, those kinds of songs that make you think of vaudeville and music hall back in england um and that song i put on two albums first one it was put on was the hotel of the two worlds and then i thought well it's a kind of love song so i put it onto an album of mine called the slender sadness the love songs I thought it might be quite a good idea to take this time to tell you about some of the books and some of the DVDs uh, I've been enjoying. I am a media fanatic. I've been called that for many years. Um, I always have a book to read and I'm always watching DVDs here and there. Uh, maybe that's why my albums take such a bloody long time to come out. But I thought maybe I could turn you on to um, some good books and some good DVDs you might find interesting. So I thought I'd give you five books that I've thoroughly enjoyed quite recently and five DVDs that I've thoroughly enjoyed as well. And maybe they will be appealing to you. So, book number one. It's a musical book, uh, a very rare book about a very rare band, the Blue Nile. The book is called Nihilism, and it's the strange course of the Blue Nile, written by Alan Brown. Now, the Blue Nile are a fantastic band, uh, huge through the 80s and 90s, very underground, but amazing music. I was lucky enough to uh, work with them, uh, and the keyboard player, PJ Moore, uh, worked on a lot of my work, a lot of my albums, and in fact, has just been working on my new album, which is wonderful. So this book is called Nihilism, The Strange Course of the Blue Nile by Alan Brown. Book number two is a new biography on Wilfred Owen, the great poet um, about, who wrote about the First World War, an English officer. His poems are just so uh, profound and moving. Um, a great, great uh, biography of Wilfred Owen by Dominic Hibbard. Book number three. It's a wonderful historical mystery. It's written by Ian Piers or Ian Pears, and it's called An Instance of the Finger Post. It was a New York Times bestseller, and if you like historical uh, mysteries, this is the book for you, An Instance of the Finger Post, by Ian Pears. There was a great HBO series called Gentleman Jack that was on quite recently. I really enjoyed that. Uh, and this is a story, a book called Gentleman Jack, The Real Anne Lister, 
In 1834, Anne Lister made history by celebrating and recording the first ever known marriage to another woman. Um, and it made a great HBO si series, which I totally loved, called Gentleman Jack. And this book is uh, the remarkable story of her and her life. Um, it's by Anne Comer, and uh, it's called Gentleman Jack, The Real Anne Lister by Anne Comer. And for our book number five, our final book, um, I was very fascinated by uh, the arch conjurer of England, John Dee. He was a magician who, um, and a, a kind of seer that would talk to angels. And he's, uh, his reputation was incredible in the Elizabethan court. So this book is a history of John Dee. It's called The Arch Conjurer of England. It's by Glyn Parry. And, um, it's a, a wonderful book about looking into the life of this very, very mysterious conjurer that uh, was very close to Elizabeth I. And um, he did talk with angels, it seems. So check that out. That's a good book. The story of John Dee, the arch conjurer of England, written by Glyn Parry. And now on to the five DVDs, which I've been enjoying quite recently. Sometimes when I finish in the studio after a hard day's work, I think, let's settle down and watch a really good movie or a good documentary. Um, and uh, let me tell you about the five that came to mind here. It's uh, the DVD of a great movie called A Very Long Engagement uh, from the director of Amelie. Uh, the director is Jean-Pierre Jeunet and A Very Long Engagement, the story of a woman trying to trace if her boyfriend who uh, was out fighting in the First World War is still alive. It's just fantastic. Fantastic. That's all I have to say. The filming, the concepts, um, the storyline and the acting fantastic so there you are a very long engagement and now uh, I love the band the band Little Feet and Lowell George uh, passed on much too early it's very very hard to find good books on Little Feet and Lowell George even harder to find DVDs but I did find one it's called Feet's First the life and music of Lowell George and that's what you should get if you're interested in Little Feet. Fantastic DVD took you into that era when Little Feet broke in Los Angeles. And of course, Lowell George was so influential to so many artists and, a, and an incredible writer, performer and singer and uh, bottleneck guitarist. So there's a good DVD out there called Feet's First, The Life and Music of Lowell George. Now DVD three. I feel that The Revenant uh, was one of the best movies ever, 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 ever made. Uh, Leonardo DiCaprio um, uh, in The Revenant, I just thought, was spectacular. The DVD of that has uh, knocked me out. The, um, uh, the Watching it again, studying it, and seeing how some of the scenes were just ever rolling on with the camera just following from one instance or to another, it really, really hit me again. I mean, I was knocked out when I saw it at the uh, cinema but watching it at home again and just uh, looking at how this was made and the actual visuals are spectacular so there we go cannot ever i can watch the revenant over and over and over again and every time i watch it just like one of my albums you go oh, i never knew that was there and so yes the revenant 
And then there's this uh, film made by Ron Howard about the Beatles. We've had a lot of films about the Beatles, haven't we? And then we will have a lot more. But eight days a week, the touring years, uh, the band you uh, you know, the story you don't. I really enjoyed this because you got a real feeling of uh, what it was like to be on the road with the Beatles in America. Uh, the behind scenes are fantastic. So that DVD, it is a two-desk special edition, so you get a lot of wonderful outtakes. Um, in 1962 when they were touring America um, it's called eight days a week made by Ron Howard well worth the look now one of my favorite English uh, comedians is Steve Coogan uh, I've got nearly everything he's ever done he's hilarious Steve Coogan oh, anything he touches um, I end up weeing myself and laughing uncontrollably he uh, there's a DVD out of a movie he made early in his career called 24-hour party people a true story of sex drugs and rock and roll yes uh, it's really about the story of factory records you know with uh, the, the, the label that uh, started in the north of England and had those bands uh, appearing like Happy Mondays and Joy Division and um, and around the same time as Sex Pistols were exploding it's a terrific film really unusual and so if you get a chance to get the DVD get it it's 24-hour party people starring Steve Coogan it's a Martin Page recommendation all right okay this is a time to go back into the vault again. I think it's time for music, isn't it? Yes. Um, I'm going to go back to the 90s again. Um, opening up my cassettes here, I found a track that I haven't heard for Yonkers. I've said that before. That means in English forever. A song called Little Dreamer. I, it's a demo that is definitely been lost to time. <laughs> and it's definitely retro. I mean, when I listened to it, just I hadn't heard it for a long time. I thought, oh, I'm going definitely back to the 90s and to an era where I was listening to a lot of Ice House and Roxy Music and I was writing with the great, great uh, singer Tommy Funderburg and he had a band, I believe, called What If that he was forming and we got together and he was thinking of writing some songs with different people to try and get material for that album and um, I had this music uh, brewing up and he picked up a pen and a piece of paper and he wrote down some lyrics called Little Dreamer. It does remind me now, listening back, very retro to that 90s sound, very ice house where the chords are definitely rolling into each other and being a little bit angular, but also that Roxy Music, Rhett Davis kind of feel. Anyway, uh, into the cassette box we came and we came out with a rarity for me and for you and for the world and for Tommy Funderburg. This is a song called Little Dreamer.
Sometimes we dance, sometimes we fall. Bloody hell, that's me there jumping in there on that section, sounding very 80s, very 80s. Yes, uh, <laughs> very 80s. I think we did that in the 90s. I'm trying to remember, I think Brian Fairweather, my partner, uh, came across and played some of that wonderful guitar at the end. And I think also guitar was played, trying to rack my brain here, um, by uh, Tommy Funderburg himself. He was a good guitarist. And that's Tommy singing the song, um, as you can hear. Very 90s, very much uh, mixing just into the 80s. Tommy doing his wonderful vocals and then me jumping in with Sometimes We Dare, Sometimes We Fall, doing my 80s impression of um, somebody from the 80s, I suppose. Anyway, that's a demo I didn't even think I had. So that's what happens on Radio Owl's Nest. You do close your eyes, put your hand into a box of cassettes, pull it out and go, what? what what, what, what is this little dreamer? Then you play it and you go, oh, yes, I remember. Anyway, a blast from the past. When they aren't being quiet, owls make a wide variety of sounds. Perhaps the most famous of these sounds is the sound made by some owls. It reminds me of the fairy tale where a young girl is lost in the forest and she sees an owl and asks it, do you know where my mother is? And the owl responds, Why the hell would I know where your mother is? Are you stupid? And why are you fairy tale children always getting lost in forests and hallucinating about animals that can talk? And then the owl swooped down and ripped the little girl's face off and ate her eyeballs. And then the owl hooted. <laughs> it's a German fairy tale, so it's a little dark, I guess. Maybe it's the translation. Nope, not the translation. Says right here, rips her face off. Oh, oh God, there's even a picture. Just remember, don't do drugs, because an owl may just rip your face off. I love those sweet fairy tales. Uh, they warm your heart, don't they? Hey, it's a time to go back to 2017. I'd like to play you a song called You Alone Are Real To Me from an album I released back then in 2017 called The Slender Sadness, the love songs. Uh, the actual title was inspired by a poem by uh, Maria Rilke, and um, it's got a kind of um, late-night soulful feel about it. I remember this is actually a pre-mix. This is the mix just before I finished putting the toppings on it, and on the end, you can hear I, I, there's a, a little bit of blues guitar on it, which is louder on this mix than on the record. And uh, I bought an, uh, this Telecaster, this Fender Telecaster guitar, and it just felt so good. So I thought, I need to experiment on the end. Uh, there's more a swing piano as well, which is featured a little bit more. My manager said, you've got to push that up in the mix. Um, and I know on this pre-mix, it was quite loud because that's how she heard it. So on the end, it's very different to, uh, well, not totally different, but different to what the actual master is. But anyway, this is a song called You Alone Are Real To Me. <laughs> Your 
everything I know is true. You alone are real to me, like the feel of a summer breeze upon my soul. are real to me uh, as i said before inspired by a letter or a poem by maria rilke uh, and i thought what a lovely idea just you alone are, are the real thing to me you um represent 
reality. And in these days, in these times, we don't really know what's real, do we? Well, we're told we don't know what's real. So that's from my album, The Slender Sadness, the love songs back from 2017. That was a familiar Tinkerbell sound that we used to use uh, to remind me. Where is it again? There it is. I can reach that from the uh, studio here to say, might be nice, might be nice to um, do a quote because quotes actually are those kinds of things that strike you from nowhere and make you just ponder for a second and you go, hmm, that's quite profound. Well, you hope it does that. <laughs> Brings back memories of my guitarist and years gone by, Neil Taylor, the great guitarist that played with Tears Fears and did a lot of work with me. Whenever he was not sure what was going on, he'd say, What's all that about? What's that bollocks about? And I thought that's really quite profound itself, isn't it? I remember before we went on stage at the Olympic Stadium in Munich, uh, one of our musicians was wearing makeup for the first time. Neil saw it for the first time and said, What the bollocks is that about? Uh, Neil had a way. Neil had a way of making that word bollocks very profound. Anyway, today's quote comes from Henry Thoreau. I've never found a companion that was so companionable as solitude. I like that because if you sit in a studio forever, as I do, uh, solitude has to become uh, a companion. Well, I'd love to play you a brand new song. Um, I've just uh, finished this. It's called Savannah. A uh, few of you may know that I lived in Savannah. Well, I lived in Beaufort in South Carolina for quite a while um, as a young lad. My father was working on the American air bases down there, down south, and I got a chance to go to Charleston and Savannah and to basically take in uh, the landscape there and all the swamp lands and the wide open spaces. They really left an impression on me. And particularly when you go to Savannah and Charleston, you get a sense of... Uh, the Civil War, and it's definitely made an impression on me because you had a feeling that a lot of this area hadn't changed at all. Anyway, I wrote this song um, through the eyes of a Confederate soldier who um, was born in Savannah and was fighting somewhere in America, and he was wounded and um, he was dying. So I just wrote this song through the eyes of this soldier uh, imagining getting back to the south. Maybe he was fighting in the north and uh, at a battle. And I saw this vision of him seeing Savannah, the place where he was born and where he loved, in his uh, mind's eye. So here is the song, Savannah. Follow me through the cotton fields Past the old mill I have sown the there's a lady, a place that waits me beyond the blue light in the canals that were roaring, well they ain't roaring anymore. Savannah, I hear you calling It's Sunday morning And I'm home Sweet Savannah 
It's getting cold now, but I'll be strong. For in the morning, I'll be in your arms again. Let your face. I am home. 
it's a new song of mine called Savannah I hope you enjoyed it I can uh, recall what it was like to be down there I was down there for many years and as a young lad um, it left a big impression the history uh, it seeps through your skin well, I'm looking at the uh, Pro Tools timer here, and we are right up there, I think, around 55 minutes. So I think it's wise that I get out of your lives and move on, and the Shepherd Hook will just pull me out of the studio and say, that's it for episode 16. I do want to thank um, Lucy Cadillac uh, for uh, asking Bootsy that question early on. I don't get that. No, I don't get that. I don't get that at all. Uh, okay, Lucy, thank you. Thank you very much. I want to thank you for being with me for this uh, show, episode 16 of Radio Owl's Nest. I'm lucky to have a few of you owl heads out there that uh, keep encouraging me and uh, say some lovely messages, which keeps everything going. And I enjoy searching through the vaults and through the suitcases and through the old cassette boxes. I get quite surprised myself. Like, when the hell did I write that? And as Neil would say again, what the bollocks is all that about? But that's the joy of a songwriter's podcast. You really don't know what's going to turn up or what you're going to talk about and what you're going to find in the treasure chest of old dusty songs. Ah, the call of the wild reminds me to talk about the call of the wild. I finish every show by begging you all to be kind and compassionate and mindful of all the innocent animals out there. I support um, a lot of charities that are trying to stop those terrible, terrible uh, scientific experiments on animals. They suffer so much. Let's try and stop doing that and let's try and be, as the Buddhists would say, wise, compassionate overseers of all the lesser creatures out there. All right, I'm going to get off my soapbox. Please stay safe out there. And I truly do look forward to the next time I get a chance to see you in the Owl's Nest.